Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the podcast, we've got Michael Ashford, Director of Marketing, back to talk about an important topic, job trauma. He defines what this means to us, how it informs his why about how he leads his team, and how past job trauma has informed choices at the leadership level that impact our entire team. We believe that you deserve to feel valued in the workplace, and we feel that post-pandemic, many companies are making a shift to place more emphasis on the employees. Michael shares tips for addressing job trauma and leaves us feeling encouraged despite the serious subject. Enjoy the episode. Well, I'm excited to be back on the podcast with Michael Ashford. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful as always. Great to see you, Sarah. Great to see you too. Now, uh, before we started recording, we were talking about what we've been up to. We've been having fun, but now unfortunately we have to shift into a bit more of a more serious subject, but one that is really important to us. And that is the concept of job trauma. So even yeah. just the term, not so fun, um, but it's come up a number of times on our episodes. And so before we kind of dig in, can you define for our listeners, what does job trauma mean to you and to us here at The Receptionist? It's important to separate jobs that deal with trauma from the type of job trauma that we're going to be talking about today. Right. You know, emergency medical services, therapy in a lot of instances, social uh, social activists, they deal with a lot of job trauma from the nature of the work that they do. And that's not what we're going to get into today. We're talking more about the type of job trauma that I think, especially as we see the news stories about uh, people leaving their jobs, coming out of the pandemic, the, the, the assumed labor shortage, which there's plenty of people and there's plenty of jobs. So why aren't people, <laughs> I think a lot of people are asking, why aren't there people moving into these jobs? And it's because a lot of people are understanding and realizing that for many of us, we have had, if not for our, the entirety of our careers, certainly not here at the receptionist, but uh, at points in our careers, we have felt undervalued, underappreciated, um, overlooked, in many instances, underpaid. Uh, which is a which is a form of feeling undervalued, right? There, but there, you know, being undervalued is not just about your monetary compensation, uh, and and made to feel like a cog in a machine, a, a worker bee that gets no recognition and no um, like no one no one recognizes you for for the work that you do and the work that you perform to the point where it feels traumatic to the point where you feel that there's something in your identity that is wrong with you because of how you are treated at work, either by coworkers, but in particular by leadership, by your boss, your manager. Yeah. And I'm glad you really sort of spelled that out because I can imagine that some of our listeners who started this episode going, Oh, I've never experienced this experience. This might be going Oh, wait, That sounds like something I have had happen because as you said, a lot of us have experienced that. Um, and I know uh, many members of our team would experience or would say that they have experienced job trauma prior to coming here. Again, we're being very clear that this is not a place where job trauma exists. We are looking to be much better than that. So what sorts of experiences have our team members had and, and how does that inform what they're looking for in a company in terms of its culture? 
you know, Jess and I, Jessica Marshall, our director of customer experience and co-founder, she and I have talked a lot about this here on the show about the world of, of, and nothing to disparage this. So I want to make that clear, but we have made very much a, a, a big point of the fact that we are a bootstrapped company, that we are customer funded, as Andy, our, our CEO and, and founder likes to call it, customer funded, not, not VC funded, not private equity funded. And you know, she and I have very similar experiences because it actually came from the same private equity company. And I'll leave their name out of the book, but job trauma for she and I, for instance, comes from you go from the world where you have a founder-driven or a founder-led company. They started the company, they bootstrapped it, they built it up to this point where then uh, you, know, you get the, the attention of v, the VCs, the private equity firms. They come in, they throw a, uh, a layer of administration over the top and a layer of expectation and pressure. And not that that stuff is bad or wrong. Like You want to have some, some level of expectation yeah. of doing a good job, right? But it comes at the expense of the humanity, the people actually tasked with doing the job. It comes at the expense of uh, giving them insight and access into where they fit in the success of the company, why it matters to them. All they see at that point when you go from, as Jess and I have, from a, uh, a founder-driven company to a outside funding-driven company you go, you, the, the expectations and how you are treated and the value of you as an employee and, as, and not only just as an employee, but as a human changes. So that looks like you don't get access uh, or in, insight into your goals, but they go up every single quarter, seemingly arbitrarily. Uh, you, you are told that relationships with customers and doing, not, not as explicitly as I'm about ready to say it, but doing the right thing no longer matters. It's about churn and burn. Like on the customer support or customer experience side, your metrics become about number of tickets closed per day, rather than as we like to do here at the receptionist, we like to measure customer success on how many happy faces do we get when somebody right. rates our conversation with us. That's a very different way of looking at the work that you do and the value that you provide to your customers, to the company, long-winded answer, but that's just kind of a two, two uh, for me and Jess, we come from that world and many other people on the team have, have similar experiences, but it is where you are made to feel like you're simply there to hit a number and that is it. Yeah. And I know we've had a lot of conversations recently around the type of company that we want to be and why we're here. And and Andy Alsop, our CEO, president and founder has brought up job trauma as well. And Obviously, he's not on today's episode, but can you talk to us a little bit more about how this concept has shown up at the leadership level and how it's starting to inform or has been informing what we do here? Well, Andy's recently been on the show to talk about our just cause, right? And, and there was a lot of, of nerves and trepidation on his part to put our just cause out there because it is, it is antithetical, I think, to a lot of, of how people view what a business's role is. And if you go back and listen to that episode, and I encourage everyone to do that, you'll hear that Andy talks about, we want to run a successful business. We want to run a profitable, profitable business where those profits are then used to pour into the employees, to better the employees and the community. So it's, it's very distinct that we say we want to run a profitable business. Like that's, 
we're not a nonprofit. We're not a charity yeah. organization. Uh, we, we do need to be successful because we want to set a standard for the rest of, of the business world to see that you can have, the company can be in service to its employees rather than setting the expectation to employees that you should be grateful and valued and, and wonderful to have this job. Like, yeah. Thank us. And oh, by the way, we're going to work you to the bone. Um, and, and you're not going to be, you're not going to share in the success of what you're helping to create. And we're trying to flip that. We're trying to create a model. We're trying to showcase a model where you can be profitable and successful and invest in employees. So we've talked about the vacation fund first during COVID, but now it's an ongoing thing where we'll pay for employees to take to, uh, to go on vacation and they get unlimited vacation. And we make them take at least two weeks of vacation. So they have to. So now they don't have the excuse. You have to take vacation and we'll pay for your vacation. Yeah. Like these are the types of things that we couldn't do if we weren't profitable for one. But two, that's the investment that we want to make in our, in our employees for their, like we pay for therapy uh, for, and, and mental health services for all employees. We, we have a stipend for that. And I want to say, I think, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I know a lot of our team takes advantage of I do. And I'll, I'll, I'll just use myself. I take advantage of that. It's wonderful. I, I go to in-person therapy twice a month and to have it subsidized or, or I get a stipend for that. Those are the types of things that we're talking about, making sure that employees reap the benefit of the success that they're helping to bring because they are the front line. And that's, you ask the question at the leadership team level. Those are the discussions that we have. Those are the things that we say, what if our goals were actually driven by the rest of the company and employees rather than just something that the five, the four of us, the five of us uh, sit around and talk about and then decree? Like, yeah. what does that world look like? Yeah. And you, you mentioned the just cause, and this relates to Simon Sinek's work and concept around the infinite game. And we want to become an infinite company. And I remember when Andy was on the episode, he talked about getting to the just cause, which came from sort of the, the team members' whys. Like, why do you at the leadership level do this? And I think I recall him saying that job trauma, for at least a couple of you, informed that why. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, I'll, put it in, I'll put it in my perspective from my why, because uh, I think... I think that can, like giving you a specific example of a why will help inform this answer. So my why is to be in selfless service to those in my charge so that they can do their jobs and grow their career to the best of their abilities and reach their goals and do it while having fun. And F in the F in, in fabric is fun. And I've, I've had that why for a, a little while in, in some way, shape or form. And we just went through a whole exercise as a company explaining and, and detailing out our whys. But if you listen to that why, and I'm, I'm not trying to pump myself up here, but it is my, my job as a leader, my job as a director of this, in this company and a leader of the department is to set James and Kayla up, who are also on our marketing team, to do their jobs to the best of their abilities in the ways that they work best so that they can advance and further their career aspirations and goals. That's my job. It is not to get every last droplet and ounce of productivity out of them and then get mad when they leave. <laughs> like, and that's how so, like, from my perspective, when you're talking about how does that inform 
are wise, I've been in the opposite. I've been in the opposite where my role was seen as you're simply here to churn out productivity and do it at a faster pace, month over month, quarter over quarter. And at the end, the numbers reset <laughs> at, at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year, the numbers reset and you got to do it all over again. And you never see any substantial gain or benefit from that work that you put in. I've been there several yeah. times and I'll be very blunt. It sucks. It sucks. And everyone knows it sucks. <laughs> right. I, bet, I bet a lot of our listeners are kind of nodding their heads right now as they hear you talk. Yeah. And so from, from my perspective, if I view my, my role as the director of marketing at the receptionist to make sure that James and Kayla have every opportunity to be successful, whether that is in their professional role here at the receptionist, whether that is down the road when they you know, someday perhaps go and, and lead their own marketing teams, I would love that to happen, uh, that they feel, they, they feel empowered to do that here. And that they got their feet underneath them here. And that at a company level, we were able to provide for them to be happy and have that work-life balance that we all seek in our personal lives. Like all of that feeds up into a, a productive company. And that's, the, that's, again, to go back to what Andy was talking about, that's why it's so important for us to have a just cause that distinctly and purposefully calls out the fact that we have to be profitable in doing this. But we have the thesis or the theory and, and studies have backed this up that happy employees who feel empowered, who feel like they have uh, control over their job and the, the, how they get their job done to a certain point autonomously, they produce better results. It just, it just is. And we're seeing that in the greater society now, especially here in the United States. We're seeing that as more and more people are coming out of the pandemic and leaving jobs where the past year has been traumatic, not just because of the pandemic, but because of how they, they got this glimpse into there could be a better way that this could be done. And I'm not seeing that right now. And I think that's, I think that's where we're seeing this disconnect between how many people are looking for jobs and want jobs and leaving jobs versus how many jobs there are. Absolutely. So for our listeners who are at the leadership level, what else do they need to understand about job trauma? And specifically, what can they do to address it now rather than wait for people to leave and find better places to work? The first thing I would do, and it's, it's cliche, but practice empathy. I mean, at some point, we were all in that position. Uh, you know, I'm a parent, you're a parent, Sarah. Like, yeah. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I try to do all the time is, is remember back to the age my kids were. And what was important to me back then? And, and what, what did my parents do that I didn't think was right? But now I, as the parent, know that my, parent, like my parents were yeah. right. You kind of got to always continue to put yourself back into that, that place of, into that world where it was, it, like, what were the things that frustrated you? And have those conversations with your employees. Have those conversations about, um, how can we support you better? How, what does autonomy in your job look like or the ability to set more of your day-to-day? -day? You know, I, I, I know there's going to be skeptics to this that, you know, we work in perhaps a, a, 
a factory organization or you know on a on a floor where it is all about productivity and i i think even though you can have measurements on productivity there are still ways that you can humanize the role in the business and having those conversations with your employees just like i always say our kids we don't give our kids enough credit for understanding the big concepts and and ideas that we as parents understand and so we rarely have those conversations with our parents and even as I'm saying this, I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable like using the, the parent-child analogy, but I'm going to keep going with it uh, and be authentic here, yeah. I guess. In the same way, we as managers often, I don't think, give the people in our charge credit for coming up with new ways to get the same amount or better work done and have happy people and have people that don't leave a job and hate the manager or despise the company or want to go write that bad glass door review <laughs> that because uh, that's where that's where trauma like that's the outlet that's the outlet it's either hate or or actively working to recruit people away or to stay away from that company or glass door reviews that are are bad and negative like job trauma can show up in a lot of different ways absolutely and i think you know we we often do what we've experienced, right? If a, if a manager or a leader at a company um, wasn't supported, wasn't seen as a human, um, was sort of ruled by fear, they may have a tendency to do that too. I think we see that in parenting. We see that in coaching. It can show up in a lot of different places. So yeah, our leaders have an opportunity to end the cycle and shift to something different and ideally better. Now, for our listeners... <laughs> who are not at the leadership level and who may be experiencing trauma and maybe their eyes are now opened to, wow, I can label this job trauma. I just thought this was life. What are your thoughts for them? I'm apply at the receptionist. We have open jobs now. Yeah. Check out our careers page aside from that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's a conversation that, as I've mentioned several times, I think that's a conversation a lot of people are having. They may not be calling it job trauma, but I think that's why you're seeing so many people leave their jobs and and say, look, I'm going to go either build my own thing or do my own thing or freelance for a while or or take a gap year. I mean, we always talk about gap year in between high school and college, but now people are taking gap years in between jobs more frequently. Yeah. I think if you're an employee and you are feeling, if this is resonating, that there is job trauma, that you are you feel like that cog in a machine and a number on a spreadsheet to use some cliches. Have that conversation with yourself. Like I said, there's there's a lot of jobs out there, but then be more um, specific and defined on what you're looking for. Like companies are a little bit desperate to hire right now, so I think employees have a little bit of the upper hand <laughs> when it comes to uh, you know being able to negotiate perhaps a flexible work work schedule. Like you know what, I'm not a morning person, so I don't want to come in until nine, but I'll I'll stay until seven. Uh, rather than eight o'clock or uh, uh, rather than come in at seven and stay till four, you know, how, setting your hours of the day or where you work. You know what? I would really like to work out of my friend's co-working space a couple times a week rather than be in the office. Like you have a little bit of leverage here in the current environment. So I would, I would take stock of that, take note of that and find the thing that companies are coming to a little bit of a reckoning, I think right now. And coming out of the pandemic, and I know we're not fully out of it, but a lot of people are coming to this this reckoning of, hmm, uh, people aren't really like 
standing for how we've treated them for so long to no benefit for themselves. And if we are a company that is expecting more and more out of our, our employees, there's got to be some return to them other than just the, the paycheck. You're going to have people that are saying, well, they're getting a paycheck, so they should be happy. You know what? You're always going to have those people. I'm not trying to speak to those people. They'll learn on their own when they don't have employees coming in anymore. Uh, but I, I think you've got a lot of power. If I were speaking to employees right now, you've got a lot of power and you, you can go and find what you're looking for. I think there are enough people, enough good leaders and managers out there at companies that are doing good things that uh, you, can, you can find what you're looking for. Yeah, well, I like that we've taken sort of a, a tough subject and we're at sort of an inspiring point with this, but do you have any final thoughts on job trauma or anything else you want to share with our listeners? Um, we've, you, you kind of mentioned it a couple of times, maybe, maybe we haven't always had the, the words to call it what it is. We've called it job trauma many times here on the show. Call it whatever you want. Call it burnout. Uh, call it feeling un, unappreciated in your role. Uh, call it feeling like a cog in the machine, as I've said a couple of times. Call it whatever you want. Uh, just having words to describe it and, and being able to describe it and, and speak to someone about it, a friend, a relative, another coworker, like articulate these things. I think get it out of yourself and articulate these things to other people. The therapist, perhaps, I think is a good, healthy thing. And yeah, that's the, I think that's the only way you get over it um, is to find a situation where the people do care about you. And like I said, I want to encourage people, those, they're out there, the, those companies are out there, but articulate what you do and don't like and, and seek the things that you do and, and know that every job comes with its baggage, right? Like nobody's perfectly happy and I'm not all here to pump sunshine and rainbows. Uh, but we can do business better. We can run businesses that are profitable and take care of their employees at the same time and treat, treat each other like humans, have the respect for each other that uh, we all have different needs and how we approach our work looks a little bit differently these days. Well, that is a really great note, I think, to end on. And as we said, people can check out our careers page if they're feeling really inspired and want to see what we're hiring for these days. So Michael, thank you so much for your time on not a fun subject, but a very important one. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We really do hope that everyone can find a place to work where they are happy and feel valued. And if you'd like to watch a recording of today's conversation, check it out at thereceptionist.com.